On today's episode of Locked On Oilers on Ice, training camp has started today. Our first look at the lines for the Edmonton Oilers heading into next season. Plus, we are on McLeod 9. Ryan McLeod finally re-signs with the Edmonton Oilers. What does that mean for the Oilers and what does that mean for McLeod moving forward? All that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Your Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Oilers podcast. I'm your host and former Oilers game day producer, Brett Holden. As mentioned on today's episode, we are going to start off with Ryan McLeod re-signing with the Edmonton Oilers. What does that contract look like and could it bite the Edmonton Oilers in the behind later on down the road? We will talk about that in just a second. Also on today's episode, on-ice activities started for the Edmonton Oilers in training camp. So what do the lines look like for the forward group who is out, who is on the f- surprise top six it sounds like. It is very interesting to hear some of the chatter around the forward lines as well. We do have an injury on the back end for the Oilers defenseman. An interesting replacement on the top pairing for the Edmonton Oilers. We will talk about that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Thank you so much for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcasts. As mentioned, we are going to start off with Ryan McLeod, who signed a one-year $798,000 contract with the Edmonton Oilers today, finally uh, running the end to the saga I put in quotes uh, for the Ryan McLeod RFA sweepstakes almost as everybody basically uh, waited and and knew that McLeod was going to re-sign with the Edmonton Oilers, but it's nice to see him re-sign on a team-friendly deal. Now, It is only one year, and if Ryan McLeod really plays out of his mind, that means he's also arbitration eligible next year. So his next contract could be worth a lot more next year and, as well, could mean something mm, a little more restrictive for the Edmonton Oilers heading into the offseason next year. To be honest with you, it's just, it seems more like fluff just to to talk about something negative about the Edmonton Oilers uh, contract. But it's nice to see Ryan McLeod willing to take that deal. As he even said, he was willing to take less money to come back and play with this group because he sees a winning culture within the Edmonton Oilers. (sighs) Ah. That's nice to have finally once again. And finally to have a player, a young player who is also basically a homegrown talent for the Edmonton Oilers, selected in the second round by the Edmonton Oilers way back when it feels like. But uh, yes, nice to see the Edmonton Oilers invest as well in their youth. And it seems like a lot of people, I believe it was John Shannon saying on Oilers Now Today that the Edmonton Oilers have communicated this to uh, Ryan McLeod, but do see Ryan McLeod as a very important cornerstone of the Edmonton Oilers in the future. And honestly, I have quite often said Ryan McLeod is Ryan Nugent Hopkins 2.0, and there is 
a reason. Ryan McLeod can play a full 200-foot game. He is fantastic in his own end, just upper echelon in his own end. In fact, he is better than 97% of the league on the penalty kill as a forward. That's fantastic. And as well, you can see just how much he can move the puck forward with his transition skills. He's a beautiful, beautiful skater. I mean, there's no other way to put it but beautiful skater for Ryan McLeod. I mean, sometimes I watch him and I go, is that Connor McDavid? Like, it genuinely, I get him confused with McDavid sometimes. Uh, he mentioned that the big thing going into the offseason was he wanted to shoot more, and that means score more goals. So in the offseason, he really worked on his shooting, and that just comes naturally as well when you have a puck and you're skating around uh, during the offseason. So hopefully that'll be a nice little skill that he can develop over the next few well weeks months seasons i guess really overall but so with that signing yes it, it it's less than eight hundred thousand dollars it's at seven hundred ninety eight thousand dollars you sit there and go why well barring a whole bunch of uh, uh changes here for the edmonton oilers it could mean that without making any moves the Edmonton Oilers could be cap compliant. Now, for that to happen, and I just want to thank Puckpedia for doing all of this math because I am not a math guy. I am a mouth guy, as you have probably found out. I am a very loud person. But for the Edmonton Oilers to be cap compliant come uh, the start of the season, the roster would have to have 21 players. Included on that roster would be Dylan Holloway, Philip Broberg, and one of Brad Malone or Greg McKaig. One or the other would have to be sent down, and one would have to make the team. And that would basically be because of the contracts that they have, league minimums, which would fit under the cap for the Oilers. However, on the flip side, if that does happen, that means three players would also not make the team. Those three players would include... Devin Shore, Dmitry Samarukov, which would really be a shame for the Edmonton Oilers and Dmitry Samarukov, and one of Derek Ryan or Matthias Janmark would have to hit waivers and, and eventually get sent down probably just as a paper transaction and then call back up in some form later on. All of that would mean the Edmonton Oilers are a grand total of $165 cap compliant. Yes, $165. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a, a comparable for $165. I mean, <laughs> one day of, of work on, uh, 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 what is it called? Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know, $165. Like The Edmonton Oilers are under $200 under the cap limit right now as we speak. Barring, well, that would be what the opening roster would be with 21 players. That is crazy. 
But that is how the cap cap works. I mean, if the Edmonton Oilers would have had that extra $2 million in cap relief after Duncan Keith retired, it would be a different story. I'm sure also Ryan McLeod would have a different contract, but that's a matter of coulda, woulda, shoulda. It's in the past. I'm just mentioning it just to mention it. But that is a lot of finagling. And what if Sam Rukov forces his way onto the team? What if uh, uh, DeHarnay, what if uh, a Nima Linen forced their way onto the team? That forces a lot of issues. This is the perfect world. The Edmonton Oilers are $165 under the cap limit. What happens when you get those surprises? What happens when a guy like maybe Jake Vertanen forces the Edmonton Oilers to give him a contract? Then there has to be a move somewhere. That's just what happens within training camp. But Ryan McLeod does re-sign with the Edmonton Oilers. Great news for Oilers fans. Great news for the Edmonton Oilers organization. So now with him officially re-signed with on-ice activities commencing today, what did the lines look like with Ryan McLeod on the ice for the Edmonton Oilers forwards? We will talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about our partners over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your football betting info this season. Find the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles on analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way on uh, in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, NHL, NBA, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more now. Bet Online where the game starts. Where we are going to continue today is with the Edmonton Oilers forwards, as mentioned numerous times already on today's show, uh, that the Edmonton Oilers are back on the ice with their training camp on ice session. So with that, that means we get the for the first time this season... We get line updates. So, now, on the Edmonton Oilers forwards, there was a little bit of a surprise with the top six for the Edmonton Oilers. The top six for the Edmonton Oilers looked like this. Starting training camp, Evander Kane on the wing with Connor McDavid and Kyler Yamamoto. And then on the second line, Zach Hyman on the wing with Leon Dreisaitl. And Yessa Pugliarvi. Yessa Pugliarvi starting training camp on the second line. That top six, those top six minutes, I should say, that he was really pressing on over the offseason. He mentioned that he thought he was a top six forward. A lot of people said that the organization thought he was a top nine forward. But the Edmonton Oilers are giving him top six at least minutes to start 
the training camp, and it seems like it is his spot to lose. Now, that means in the bottom six, the third line for the Oilers is Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the wing with Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogle. They also took some uh, uh, plays where Ryan McLeod played the left wing and Ryan Nugent Hopkins played up the middle, so that is something to watch as well with Ryan Nugent, or Ryan McLeod, excuse me, playing on the left wing. And then on the fourth line for the Edmonton Oilers, Matthias Janmark, Devin Shore, and Derek Ryan. Some other interesting lines skating for the Edmonton Oilers right now. Dylan Holloway, we'll kind of call it the fifth line for the Oilers. Dylan Holloway skating with Brad Malone and Jake Vertanen. An interesting little line there. A lot of uh, uh, energy and a lot of power on that line. Uh, the sixth line there, Reed Schaefer is skating with Greg McKaig and Xavier Borgo. I really like that line. Some youth as well with some uh, journeyman talent. I like that. That line there. Tyler Benson is skating with Seth Griffith and Luke Esposito. And the final line for the Edmonton Oilers at training camp today. Matt Petrov skating next to Noah Philp and uh, James Hamblin, who have been taking kind of shifts in between uh, for the center spot. And on the right wing for that final line, Jake chase on for the Edmonton Oilers. Also out for the Edmonton Oilers on that forward group, Carter Savoy, who picked up an injury in Penticton. He is being evaluated and still sitting out for the Edmonton Oilers for now. Raphael Lavoie, a name that a lot of people have been waiting to hear a little bit about. He, apparently he was expected at development camp, wasn't uh, out there. Now is once again out for the uh, training camp, which isn't fantastic. Fantastic. Now, the interesting thing with Lavoie as well is it seems like there isn't really exactly uh, anything reported on his injury. It sounds like it might be a lower body, maybe in the knee or something like that, but that would be pure speculation. So don't take that as uh, uh, gospel. That That's not 100% true. We will find out more tomorrow. And Tyler Tulio, another one of those prospects who some kind of turned some heads for the Edmonton Oilers in Penticton there is out with it sounds like a hand or a wrist injury as well again don't take that as gospel but was not skating with the Oilers today another name that wasn't skating with the team today or at least that I didn't see too much about was uh, Justin Bailey the Edmonton Oilers PTO or another guy that the Oilers sent a PTO out to for uh, this year, hopefully that's just uh, a maintenance day or whatever that may be. Extra training, extra this, that, or the other thing. But uh, yeah, no Justin Bailey for the Edmonton Oilers there. But let's get back to some of the line configurations for the Oilers. As mentioned, McLeod got some time on the left wing with the uh, third line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Warren Fogle. But the other interesting thing on that line to note is Warren Fogle on the third line, on the right wing. He played right wing with the Carolina Hurricanes before coming to the Edmonton Oilers, so the Edmonton Oilers are pretty comfortable with him playing right wing and playing minutes there. And that also opens up kind of a little bit of that depth for the Edmonton Oilers on the right side. Now, as mentioned, Kyler Yamamoto and Yesapuliarvi, first and second line, respectively, opening up this year's training camp. 
And that kind of turned some heads there as well. Now, I'll be 100% honest with you. I like a line of Holloway, McLeod, and Pugliarvi, but that's a dream. That's a fever dream. These are just lines to start off the uh, uh, training camp, but it does give a vote of confidence for uh, Yesa Pugliarvi. Today, in his press conference, wasn't very interested in talking about the past and last season. He has made it very clear that he just wants to turn the page and focus on this year. That is the mentality of a matured player. A matured player. Now it's a matter of seeing it on the ice of a matured player. But regardless, it is now time for Yesapuliarvi to take a step up and really produce with the two top end players in Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Jay Woodcroft is giving him the shot right off the top, playing him with Leon Dreisaitl, a healthy Leon Dreisaitl, a guy who is very good at moving the puck, and with Yesapuliarvi being kind of a guy that a lot of people say move the puck off his stick too quickly, Yes, or uh, Leon Dreisaitl is a guy who likes to carry the puck himself, and as well, when he needs to, drop it off to guys who are open. Yes, Apuliarvi loves to get the puck on the blue line and distribute it from there to start off the uh, rush and to also start off the puck possession in the offensive zone as well. Leon Dreisaitl can then get that or ease the pressure off of him by leaving it for Apuliarvi uh, at the blue line and find open space. I think that's going to be a very good line. I uh, A lot of people kind of draw the comparison of having Yamamoto on that line with Dreisaitl and consistently saying that Dreisaitl is better with a speedy player. I think that's just the Edmonton Oilers in general. And if you don't think Yesapoli is a fast skater or a good skater, I, I don't know what you what you're watching. Because just because he's a long yes, maybe he looks like Bambi on the ice, but that's not his fault. The kid is like six foot four, six foot five, two hundred pounds. Okay, give the kid a break. But uh yes, Apuliarvi is very long strides. He has relatively quick feet. He can get like really cover offensive attackers as well with his stride and really break down angles like nobody else can. And as well, you can see what he does when in the defensive zone, but also in the transition game as well. I really like that line. And as well, a lot of people like to talk about Kyler Yamamoto. A lot of people like to talk about Kyler Yamamoto because he's a fantastic four-checker. He can play in his own end. He's a good penalty killer as well. But he just... It drives at 100 miles an hour all the time in the offensive end. As mentioned, I, I consistently bring up just how much he was missed in those final games, mostly in uh, Game 4 against the Colorado Avalanche, where there was just no real forecheck for the Edmonton Oilers there. And that was mostly because of Kyler Yamamoto. The, 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 without Kyler Yamamoto, the Edmonton Oilers' forecheck is next to non existent. So Kyler Yamamoto up on that first line with Connor McDavid and Evander Kane will be instrumental. I, j I, I really think that's a fantastic line, the right line to go with. Because again, you have three guys who can do it all. Evander Kane is that just power forward who can score 40 to 45, maybe even if all things go well, 50 goals depending on the season that he has uh, and also whether or not he stays healthy. He is also a guy that nobody Nobody wants to fight as well as Southpaw who can catch you with a left hand 
and put you to sleep like he did with Matt Cook when he was an Atlanta Thrasher. Yeah. Remember the Atlanta Thrashers? That's how long Evander Kane has been playing in the NHL. But of course, next to Evander Kane, you've got a Connor McDavid, who is the best player in the world. And then you have a guy who's just going to go in to the, the dirty areas and do everything he possibly can to win that puck. Not even to win that hockey game, even though winning the hockey game is the number one thing for Kyler Yamamoto. Winning that puck battle is just as important for Kyler Yamamoto. That is a fantastic first line for the Oilers. I am really looking forward to it. Obviously, as mentioned, we do have those lines of the Holloway, Malone, Vertanen, and Schaefer, McKeg, and Borgo. The other guy, those are kind of the, the fighting for those last spots uh, players there. Um, but I would also put in Tyler Benson in that spot as well. I wonder if you could see Tyler Benson potentially making uh, a fourth line extra player type spot for the Edmonton Oilers down the road pending any cap space issues. But that is where the Edmonton Oilers forward lines are right now. What do you think of the Edmonton Oilers forward lines? Where does the Edmonton Oilers and Jay Woodcroft need to do some finagling? Do you want to just wait and see, see how they do in, in games first? What do you think? What What are your thoughts with the Edmonton Oilers uh, forward core? Again, I, I, I kind of dig it. Kind of want to see some changes down the road, but we shall see as things continue on. That was the forward core. Let's move on to the back end and the defense in just a second. But first, I just want to thank you for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, make sure you tune in to Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long stay up to date on all things in the hockey world with locked on nhl your daily 30 minute nhl podcast now we move on to the back end for our final period of today's episode and on the back end basically how you would expect it for the edmonton oilers some uh, interesting uh notable names that aren't in the lineup for the edmonton oilers hopefully we see them skating tomorrow but the pairings for the oilers today darnell nurse lining up next to maximus warner yes max warner getting some time on the top pairing for the Edmonton Oilers today, now yes, that is mostly to do with Cody C. Well, it has entirely everything to do with Cody CC being out for the Edmonton Oilers for now with his hamstring. But the trust to have Max Warner next to Darnell Nurse to start off uh, uh, training camp, that shows some trust in the kid. I, I'm very impressed uh, with the trust that the Edmonton Oilers have shown with Max Warner and just how willing they are to really thrust him into important spots. So Max Warner with Darnell Nurse on the top pairing. And then Brett Kulak and Evan Bouchard on the second pairing. Philip Broberg and uh, uh, Tyson Berry on that third pairing. Ryan Murray and Dmitry Samarukov round out the fourth pairing. Marcus Niemelainen's paired up with Jason Demers. Caldas is with Philip Kemp. 
the one of the newer guys, I believe he is on an AHL contract. I believe his name is Alex Peters, is lined up next to Michael Kesselring and Darian Kielp, who is on an AHL contract, also lines up there. For the Edmonton Oilers, also out as mentioned, Cody Ceci uh, with that hamstring injury, hamstring strain. They do expect him to be skating by around Sunday. Uh, but again, having Warner up there, we'll talk about that in a sec, a little bit more. But that's pretty impressive. Uh, also out, I, I noticed there wasn't really much out on Vincent DeHarnay, who had a lot of momentum going into the Edmonton Oilers training camp. Didn't really see him paired up. Uh, today hopefully that's just uh, uh, finishing up the last couple of things in his uh, media or whatever he needs done today but yeah no Vincent DeHarnay for the Edmonton Oilers it didn't seem like but some interesting names to talk about for the Edmonton Oilers pairings as mentioned Max Warner now I know Moose Jaw Warrior player right now he's a hundred percent gonna be heading back to the Warriors this year in the dub First pairing with Broberg and Penticton. He's filling in for CeCe on the top pairing for now. Yes, Tyson Berry, as reported, has also been playing with Darnell Nurse for now just because Cody CeCe is out. Just kind of seeing who who else can skate with Darnell Nurse. But I like this. I like the trust to have Warner out there. Now, that also allows a lot of the media, like myself and like a lot of people around the the Edmonton Oilers, to talk about Max Warner because he is going to get a lot of eyes on him now uh, playing next to Darnell Nurse. And that's also going to come in practice when he's facing the top talents like Connor McDavid, a Leon Dreisaitl, and uh, so on and so forth. So for Max Warner, obviously he's not going to make the team Team this year, but for down the road to be able to have that trust and play against that top talent is massive for him now. And other than that, most of the defensive pairings are as uh, expected. Kulak and Bouchard stayed together. Broberg and Barry stayed together. The interesting one is Ryan Murray and Dmitry Samarukov, as Samarukov seems to be slated as that eighth defenseman right now. But how long does that last? Because, as mentioned, Dmitry Samarukov is waiver eligible. And if the Edmonton Oilers do want to be cap compliant with that new contract with Ryan McLeod, he's going to have to be, well, not on the team come the start of the season. That would mean he would have to be put on waivers in order to be sent back down. And the risk of losing Dmitry Samarukov for nothing really, really, I, I think that really irks the Edmonton Oilers in the wrong way. Uh, Samarukov can really be a, a very good defenseman. And for how long the Edmonton Oilers have had Samarukov in their development program, in their organization, I don't think they want to lose him. So I think Sam Rukoff will be a name to watch to see if he can outplay a Broberg, outplay a Murray, outplay somebody for a spot. If he was to outplay Murray for a spot, he would really have to outplay somebody. But again, uh, Sam Rukoff spent his summer in Edmonton uh, commuting to Rogers Place from his place in Edmonton. 
And that's all with the expectation that he was going to be playing NHL minutes. Maybe not necessarily all the time, but at least with the big club this year. I understand that the game, that the NHL is a business, but there is personal things that come into a lot of situations in the NHL. Uh, Marcus Niemelainen lining up next to Jason Demers. I like a lot lining up uh, Niemelainen with a veteran, a 34-year-old who has been in the NHL, who has been through some stuff in the game. Uh, I really like that. Uh, I think uh, Jason Demers would give a lot of wisdom to a guy who's trying to find his footing in the NHL as a guy who is also trying to find his footing in the NHL, but on polar opposite ends ends of their career. I like that there. And then, of course, you get into the AHL um, lines there. So, obviously, it's the start of camp for the Edmonton Oilers lines coming out for the next couple of days. I'm sure they will be tweaked here and there for the Edmonton Oilers, but either way. Uh, exciting times because we get to talk about it, and exciting times because the Edmonton Oilers have a game this weekend. I cannot wait because then on Monday we have a game to talk about. But also just a reminder, on Saturday it is the Edmonton Oilers training camp day, as you can go down. They're having a fun little day in the Ice District. You can go and watch a practice there. They're going to have a whole bunch of events. Hunter's going to be there. It's going to be a great time to open up the season as once again, training camp has started. Let's call it there for today. A beautiful day outside. Yes, it is basically the, the end of the day, but I hope you enjoyed it. We shall talk to you tomorrow heading into the weekend. I hope you have a wonderful day. Stay safe. Don't do anything I wouldn't do and play La Bamba, baby.